He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. And uh, this is the number one show at 5 o'clock. And uh, we have a great show for you again today. And... This is a TriCast. We're broadcasting out of WABC Radio Studios, 770 on your dial, wabcradio.com. Also, W970 AM, The Answer, and WLIR. And uh, in the studio with us is a common-sense Democrat, Judge Richard Weinberg. We have Chief, Chief How are Tony you, John? Carbonetti. How are you, Tony? All good. And uh, <laughs> Congressman Peter King. And uh, everybody's waiting for action. And... Uh, we won't put any boxing gloves. We're just going to go with the flow today, I guess. Uh, and my uh, my good friend, Rita Cosby, on, on my right. Uh, Lydia is out with the sniffles today. And uh, we have a nice show today. We, we have an awesome show, John, and I'm thrilled to be with all of you guys. And what a big news day, too, with everything happening with Elon Musk and Twitter and Russia and polls. There is so much politically. We've got a great show. We've got Bill O'Reilly, the great Bill O'Reilly, who's coming up in just a minute here on the show. We also have uh, Leora Levy, who is a Senate candidate in Connecticut running against Blumenthal. So that's going to be interesting. And the great pollster Doug Schoen is going to be here talking about some brand new numbers. Uh, also, President Trump held in contempt. We're going to talk about the politics of that and a lot more. And Kathy Hochul dropping in the polls. And also Bert Flickinger, great consumer advocate and also economist, managing director at Strategic Resource Group, talking about the economy. And we wrap up with a great show, as we always do here on Cats at Night, uh, Congressman Ronald Estes, Republican of Kansas, talking about the border, the economy. Boy, is it a blockbuster day. And I understand that we have the great Bill O'Reilly, who is joining us now, too, also to talk about the very latest. Uh, Bill, great to have you here on the show. How long is the show, Rita? Eight hours with all those guests? <laughs> I don't uh, know. Soon. He wow. packs it Bill, in. Bill, I started at 6 o'clock this morning. I yeah, I mean, King, King alone can do two hours. <laughs> you don't even need me. <laughs> That'd be great. I just want to mention that uh, my new book, Killing the Killers, will be out uh, May 3rd, a week from tomorrow. Secret War Against Terrorists. and um, Congrats. Yeah, that's going to be. It's Bill, what's be the one a, thing you found out in researching the book that you you wouldn't have known or or you were surprised by? Well, this week is the uh, anniversary of Boo Grabe, and 2004 CBS News broke that story, and it, you'll all remember how much controversy that caused, where the CIA was using what they call enhanced interrogation on terrorists to get information. What we found out was this heinous al Baghdadi, the head of ISIS, who um, raped Kayla Muller, the young Arizona U.S. relief worker, and subsequently ordered her murder while her parents suffered and grieved in Arizona trying to get her released, they would not have found him if not for enhanced interrogation, which still happens. And there's a lot of classified information in this Killing the Killers book. Um, and that, to me, was the most important thing that we found out, how they tracked down U.S. Special Forces and killed Ag Baghdadi, one of the most horrendous individuals ever to walk this planet. Bill, you know, Nancy Pelosi condemned those so-called enhanced interrogations. We went back and looked at the transcript. She was on the Intelligence Committee when the CIA was describing those interrogations. And her criticism was they didn't go far enough. Now, four years later, she was saying the exact opposite, of course. Yeah. Well... You know, this we get into Kayla Muller because I wanted to personalize the book for every American right. and, and to see that this poor girl who's trying to help people in Turkey foolishly crossed into Syria, got kidnapped by ISIS and what happened to her. And wow. when you read it, I think you're going to change your mind about enhanced interrogation. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think the reaction is going to be, uh, Bill O'Reilly, to uh, um, this blockbuster, because that's interesting that it continues. What do you think the left is going to say after this comes out? Well, even today, I mean, you know, ISIS still is functioning, and so is Boko Haram in Africa and al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. Well, the left will attack me no matter what. I could write a recipe book, and they're going to attack <laughs> me. So, um, but Too I don't much really salt care anymore, you know. I mean, 
success is the best revenge. I've sold 19 million copies of my books. So, you know, whatever they That's say, it really doesn't matter, does it? Absolutely. That's great. Now, what about what about also, Bill, um, one of the things, speaking of uh, bad guys, um, you wrote a great column recently where you were talking about Putin grandstanding, um, especially here he is, you know, it was Eastern Orthodox Easter. There he is standing next to the leader of the Eastern Orthodox Church and, you know, doing the sign of the cross. I, I don't know how you felt. I felt like puking when I saw it because the, Bombing the people on Orthodox yes, Easter. Uh, unbelievable. What's your reaction, Bill? And, and share with us, because that was fabulous. The, what well, you said was, was powerful. I had the same reaction when the Catholic priest scandal broke, and people may remember that mm-hmm. I am responsible or was responsible for getting cardinal law booted out of this country. That's right. Um, you know, he died in Rome, and I went after him with a ferocity um, that was necessary. But, you know, I am a Christian, and um, as John well knows, uh, it was Easter Sunday yesterday for the Orthodox, and there you have at Midnight Mass in Moscow, Putin— um, making the sign of the cross, and, you know, he has truly risen and all of that. And then I'm looking there, I'm going, I don't know if Jesus would, uh, you know, really countenance this. Um, I don't want to be judged. I don't want to judge any human being. That's not what I do. But it made me sad as a Christian to watch this hypocritical display, and, and it makes me angry that the patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church, as we talked last week on uh, Katz's program, sanctions this uh, brutal, murderous invasion of Ukraine. And, you know, when you have a Christian leader doing that, the whole Christian faith wobbles. And so it did make me very sad. I don't think the patriarch of uh, Moscow has a choice. Too bad. Then he should go down. If he's going to lead the Christian church, you don't do that. There's no moral authority on the part of this patriarch. Yeah, and if he has to be nailed to the cross, he has to be nailed to the cross. You don't want to do it, resign. Yeah, it is stunning that he has been actually vocally saying he supports the action. I mean, that's well, John, what's been John amazing. Is correct that Putin might hurt him, but I don't think so. The 100 million Russian Orthodox, and you take out your leader, I think that would be the end of Putin. But be that as it may, if you're going to put yourself up as a leader of a Christian religion— and you are sanctioning murder, no. What do you make of the fact the Pope hasn't really gotten that engaged either? No, he has, Rita. I don't think that's fair. A little bit, but, uh, but know, I wish he, he did he's more. Come out and, he's come out pretty strongly and, and, and condemned, and so has the Greek Orthodox leader. Yeah, no, the Greek has. Um, they, they've condemned it, but you've got to understand something, that um, the Pope is responsible for Roman Catholics in that area. So he doesn't, I've never seen him name a name. You know, when he criticized the United States for uh, border, which he was wrong on, the Pope, um, he didn't name Trump. Um, I've never seen him do that. But he has criticized the invasion. Listen, I was critical of the Pope, so, because in the beginning he was sort of waffling a bit, but he has severely criticized the invasion, but he doesn't mention Russia, doesn't mention that, Putin. So and Trump. he doesn't mention Xi in China because there are Roman Catholics in China. He doesn't want to bring down wrath on them. And then everybody goes back to, um, you know, the Pope uh, in Hitler times. Well, what is he supposed to do? I mean, the Germans could have marched in there and destroyed the Vatican in three hours. Um, he couldn't say anything. It wouldn't have been worth him saying anything. But underground in Germany, it was the Catholic priests who uh, were doing most of the funneling of the Jews and others out of that country. And also that, has been under, also. that has yeah. been underreported. Yeah, uh, Bill, let's, let's change topics. Um, CNN is being torn apart by the new owners. Uh, Twitter looks like uh, there could be a whole different philosophy of freedom of speech. Uh, Disney stock went from 190 down to 118, 119. Is the woke culture coming to an end? Well, it's an excellent question, and I deal with that tonight on Common Sense, the Elon Musk situation, which is extremely important because Mr. Musk now becomes the second most powerful person in the United States of America, right behind a president. So he, he becomes a tremendous force. 
So we brought in, I guess, a guy who knows Musk pretty well. And the guy says Musk is going to lift the Trump uh, banning. But Trump has said this afternoon he doesn't care. He doesn't want to take on the, uh, a hit on the stock he owns yeah, well, and go back to Twitter. Um, what I care about is that it was wrong to ban Donald Trump right. from Twitter. We all agree. And he'll be back on if he chooses to go on. I mean, I don't care whether he goes on or not. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but people have to understand how powerful that is. 6,000 tweets a second worldwide. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Bill, uh, uh, the other thing. Gee, you know, I must be getting Alzheimer's. I've been working all day. Um, you did the early show. I and did the yeah, early you show. did. Boy, you, you guys all did a great job on the early yeah. show. Uh, there was another thing, important thing I wanted to talk to uh, Mr. O'Reilly about. Uh, well, we talk- right, why don't you yeah, continue? Well, well, we're talking, uh, there's a lot with border. There's a lot with the Green Energy New well, Deal. Well, the Siena poll is interesting. So the Siena College up outside of Albany, uh, when I was on the Marist College football team, we used to play them every year. It was interesting to go up there. Um, it's a pretty good poll. And um, it definitely shows Hochul is uh, losing support all across the board. Um, not only with Republicans, but big time with independents. And that's going to really matter when she runs in the general election in November. I think she's going to get the nomination. I, I can't see anybody not uh, anybody beating her in a uh, Democratic primary. But, you know, this Nobel law, she could have done a much better job on that. And yesterday or over the weekend, um, these two guys in Brooklyn were caught with guns, loaded guns, big guns. And they go in, they get out, Nobel. Are you kidding me? Right. I mean, this is, this is the kind of stuff that every New Yorker, no matter what party you're in, we have to stop this. And if Hochul doesn't understand it, she doesn't deserve to be governor. That's, I agree. That's it. Yeah, isn't, the, isn't this what she was saying, Bill? It's Tony Carbonetti. Uh, when there was the subway shooting a few weeks ago, she was standing there like an idiot talking about guns, but she does nothing about it. That's she right. She doesn't her, hold her anyone's feet to the fire. Tony was... This stops here. This stops now. And everybody in unison said, oh, you know why? Exactly. You know, because these politicians, unfortunately, we've seen this in New York so many times. It's all about them. It's all about them. You know, it's not about the the poor kids getting shot down in the street. It's, oh, oh, are the progressives going to get mad at me? Am I fundraising going to go down? Which is, she better be more scared of the common sense uh, Democrats and Republicans. Uh, Bill, I I remembered, uh, labor. Has Washington authorized labor to go under attack? Is that going to back them up? They're after McDonald's, they're after Starbucks. Uh, Amazon is having a, a, a problem in Staten Island. Um, but this is the Ocasio-Cortez thing, right? Yes. So, uh, well, she, this is, this is Amazon. The, yeah, this is the Karl Marx playbook. That's what this is. I mean, you know, Ocasio-Cortez, oh, I'm a socialist. No, you're not. It's like de Blasio. You guys aren't socialists. You're communists. You want... That you want Everybody, you want outcomes, guaranteed outcomes by a government, whether it's federal, state, or local. That's what you want, and that's what communists peddle. So I, when I see this stuff, I, I mean, I don't even take it seriously. Once Ocasio-Cortez killed that Amazon plant in Queens that would have made it so much better for working people in that borough in every way, once she did that, it was over for her. I don't want to hear from her again. Yeah, and she my, was out there with Bernie Sanders. Oh yeah. My, my, my favorite comment when she killed the Amazon plant was, "We're going to take that billion dollars and use it towards education." Except she was didn't no even understand dollars. it wasn't a billion dollars. Right. No one was giving it to them. It was tax breaks. Right. Well, it it's was, all vitriol. It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, look at small businesses. Every part of the borough of Queens right. would have been improved. Plus, major jobs. 25,000 high. Go, go back to that community 20 years from now. It's going to be the same as it is right now. And almost well, it's, going be, it's going to be worse for the poor because everybody. they're gentrifying it now, and the poor are not going to be able to live there anymore. But if the poor could elevate themselves into the middle class, which is what I did and most of you guys did, right? Yep. That's the ticket, not communism. Oh, God. And if, uh, if uh, they succeed in having the Amazon company... So unhappy with the 
Amazon has 5,000 locations. They can close down Staten Island and say, you know, screw off. Yeah, and forget buying, it. And they're buying space out on Long Island, Bill. No, they're Long buying Island, in the Bronx. No, 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 but in the warehouse in Long Island. They you stopped. know, it's an interesting point you're making. Long Island has changed. I think the uh, the original question to me was, by John, was, is the woke culture dead? And the answer to that is no. Because the media still drives that, wants to silence opposing points of view, wants Trump off the board. Okay, so that's not going to go away. But Long Island is a real interesting study because Nassau and Suffolk counties are now approaching four million people. And it's almost all middle class and working class people today still. I mean, yeah, you got the dopes out in the Hamptons and all of that, but it's primarily the same kind of economic status that I grew up in, in Levittown, Bill. all right? And, and this, the folks here, of all ethnicities, by the way, Long Island's a melting pot now, they've had it with this progressive stuff. And you can see it. You can see it local elections, state, and, and you're going to see it in November, too. Both Nassau and Suffolk are going to go heavily Republican. Bill O'Reilly, I'll be listening to you at 9 o'clock tonight. Bill O'Reilly's on from 9 to 10 on WABCradio.com, 770 on your dial. And our uh, you and Rita Cosby at 10 to 12, you guys are number one on our show, on our uh, network. How, how can I go midnight wrong? midnight on WABC? How can I go wrong without Bill? I have, I have Bill at Zalita. Nah, I don't me? give you that, Rita. You're good. Oh. But 9 to 12 midnight on WABC unprecedented ratings. I mean, people have never seen ratings like this on AM radio at night. And then from midnight to five, you're dominating then too, the people who can't go to sleep. Oh, that's well, I'm, 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 it's a good problem to have. And, but, and Bill, again, your book is coming out. Killing the Killers is coming out again when? May 3rd, a week from tomorrow. I want everybody to check it out. You'll be happy you did. Well, we will be, and we'll be throwing you a big book party when you want. And thank you so much. And we're going to be taking a break. And when we come back, we come back with uh, Doug uh, Schoen. Doug Schoen, Democratic pollster and now strategist. Absolutely. Lots of big news. We're going to talk Twitter more with him and also some of this new polls, too. Lots of details. Do not go away, anybody. Cats at Night continues after the break. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. We're back. This is John Katsimatidis. And, uh, well, what a great show we're having today. And uh, Bill O'Reilly is uh, one smart guy. Yeah, lots of stuff to talk about, especially also Twitter. It was interesting to get his take because that's the huge story, well, of course, Trump, today. Trump has yep. said he doesn't want to go back to Twitter. And Trump had said uh, he had 88 million followers, something like that? Huge number. And he now has Trump social. That's why he's got his own Trump Trump social. I don't think it's working that well, is it? Yeah, there's been some problems with the app. And that's why everybody's saying it's sort of between there, Parler, Gab. It's sort of that contrast. But you're the businessman. Musk is saying he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. I agree, Tony Carvinetti. I agree. What happens to the Trump company if he leaves to go on Twitter? How much money does he lose? If he doesn't go on Twitter? Yeah. About six, seven hundred million. Nope, nope. I, he'll lo- he loses wow. exactly what he invested. How much? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, but how much? How much? <laughs> Everyone else loses money. <laughs> how, right. how, We've seen that movie before. But how true. much was uh, his theoretical uh, upside? Right. That's what he loses. Right. Seven hundred million. Eight hundred. 
It, it, it's numbers. It's real numbers. It's all BS. Yeah. Yeah. It's all BS. And by the way, but speaking. It, it's not money yet. Speaking of that. Speaking of, well, speaking of an expert at all of it, we have Doug Schoen on, and we want to get to a lot of hot topics with him. But we've got the great Democratic pollster, um, also strategist, um, also there of Newsmax lineup, Doug Schoen. Doug, great to have you here on the show. This is Rita, the uh, uh, wonderful sidekick today of uh, John Katz. Thank you, Doug. Thank hey, you. Yes. What? 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 What is your first of? Many queries, hopefully. Oh, my God. Well, we were just talking um, about Twitter and Trump and all that. Let's just get your take on that before we get into the polls with you. What's your take on all of that? And also uh, Trump held in contempt. Lots of stuff today, Trump related. Yeah, my sense is that this is for Trump related, as it always is, the two main uh, themes in his life, money and power. His power is going to come from his creation of his Trump social media site and his economic benefit is going to come from exactly what John Casamitidis was saying, investing nothing, getting a big theoretical. And at this point, it is theoretical uh, upside. Where do you see what what's your reaction also, Doug, shown to um, Trump being held in contempt uh, by a judge? I want to get to that's another big headline today to find ten thousand dollars a day, Doug. You know, I, I think until there are charges leveled against him. Specific charges that have something to do with how he conducted the presidency. It's all day to day stuff. He'll challenge it. Uh Donald Trump isn't going to be writing any 10000 much less $100,000 checks anytime soon, I don't think. So to me, the real issue, which I don't think the commentators have focused in on enough, is what is about what Trump did vis-a-vis the counting of the vote, Georgia, January 6th. That matters. The rest of this stuff, to me, is so far... Um, stuff we care about, but I don't think there's a voter out there who believes it's going to influence the elections or Doug, the real world. Doug, this is Pete King. First, it was great talking with you yesterday. On, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, Pete. It was Always. Good. Uh, how do you see New York going? I, I think Kathy Hochul's numbers have dropped dramatically. I've yeah. spoken to Democratic leaders who are trying to, they say, talk some common sense into her, that she's losing moderate Democrats, independents, yep, and she's yep, United yep. Republicans all against her. Yep. She has only one asset which is the aforementioned Donald Trump. I believe if um, Lee Zeldin is able to run a campaign as a Glenn Youngkin-style Republican, he has a very real chance to win. And her only chance, given I agree with you, Pete, that she has not exactly distinguished herself. And if you take this Brian Benjamin stuff, how can you in any way explain this away in any rational way. I can't. Doug, it's um, Tony Carbonetti. Is she not hey, begging? Tony. How are you? Is she not begging Andrew Cuomo to get into this race? Yeah, let me put it to you this way. As strange as that may seem, it would be about the only thing that would give her a chance to have what you need in politics, which is an enemy or a villain. Right now. Would she be good uh, at it? Because he would be very good at it. He he and he would and and I think you're right and I my sense is from what I've seen in the polls Andrew recognizes he could be competitive but can't win and the question that I ask myself is how does he get in the race given that the petition period is closed no, he can no, get no. as an independent no Ind- he's an independent right yeah he's got time as an and independent he's an independent he's electing. Uh, uh, Zeldin. I mean, I, or Giuliani. Know about, I'm sorry? Or Giuliani. That is true. That was a paid but, political The former chief of staff to our late, late yes, I, 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 I was waiting for that. I, I know the kid since he was born. There's no way I, I have to support him. And, and, and you, you want to know something? Carbonetti, as a, you well know, I know, I've known you since you were born. Exactly. But that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> He slapped me on the ass, I'm telling you. It it is honestly true that I saw him before he was one year old. 
That's true. Wow. Hey, by the way, what about Swazi? I mean, do you think there's anything with the centrist lane with her or, or is no. she kind of have it away? I, I agree with you, but I wanted to get your take, Doug. No, I, I, I don't. I don't think uh, I, I, I just think she has run as inept an administration and a campaign as I have ever seen. And I it the whole thing boggles my mind. And I just, you know. None of it makes any sense to me. Well, we're tr- Doug, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I have to tell you, what troubled me is the way she handled the whole budget process. She had an opportunity to clean up the uh, so-called bail reform and do something right. meaningful. She didn't do that. She pushed uh, her agenda, which was to get the subsidization of the Buffalo Stadium. She's pushed a lot of the Green New Deal with unworkable time frames and no real diversity of energy. What say you? Well, what say me is that if you do add uh, throughout the state, other than the 716 area code, talking about the giveaway to the billionaire owners of the Buffalo Bills, that's got to be uh, harmful. Uh, attacking her on not doing bail reform, got to be harmful. And the Green New Deal and what it costs, got to be harmful in the New York City suburbs. I don't think, given the economy in the state, taxes in the state and crime in the state, she has a particularly compelling argument. Well, Doug, Doug, let me ask you, what happened to your Democratic Party? It, it's not the Democratic. Did you start out as a Democrat? Actually, my family was. Yeah, they were, again, working class yeah. Democrats. Yeah, right. And, and you know, I was a mainstream Democrat right. back when John F. Kennedy was right. a Democrat. And you fight any fight. and You go anywhere and you stand for freedom, liberty and traditional values. And that Democratic Party, Pete, is long since gone. Yeah, they've gotten so woke. People are so fed up. You brought up Youngkin at the beginning. Anti-religion. Yeah, anti-religion, going after everything. Don't you think that people are just going enough? The average person is just saying, forget it, Doug? I, I do. And I think many, many of my cohorts who are moderate Democrats like me, or what I think is a moderate Democrat, are saying, I can't vote Democrat this year. I can't vote for an administration, and both in New York State and nationally, that is so out of touch with the mainstream of uh, political thought. That's what I'm hearing over and over from both political people, Rita, and not political people. Doug, there was an interesting column a couple of weeks ago by Dan Henninger in the Wall Street Journal, which he said the Democrats have earned the right to be destroyed. Well, I think they, I, the way I put it is they have destroyed themselves. I mean, most of this is all self-inflicted. Yeah. Why don't they have – look, me, Doug, me and you go back a long way. We know a lot right. of common-sense Democrats. Why don't sure. they have the courage to stand up and say enough is enough? Because you know what the difference is, John? And, and I ask myself – it's a great question. I ask myself that every day. They are afraid of the left. They're afraid of the squad. They're afraid of AOC. So the path of least resistance, whether it be in Albany or in Washington, is to kowtow to the left. And it is literally destroying my party. But worse, it's hurting our country and hurting us fundamentally in ways that has nothing to do with politics and everything to do with who we are as a nation and a a people. But, you know, to your point and to John's point here, Manchin, who has really been a lone wolf on so many votes, he just saw the largest jump in approval ratings of any senator. And he hasn't been cowtailing to the AOCs. He's been against them. So there's a policy for survival. That is true. I would tell you the politics of West Virginia are fundamentally different than the rest of the country. But I, I agree, and I think... Joe Biden would do a lot better for himself following the Mansion playbook than the Bernie Sanders playbook. And Bernie Sanders, from what we read this weekend and here, could well be a candidate against that same Joe Biden in 2024, as incredible as that may seem. Is that for the presidency, the nursing home, Doug? Uh, it's a, a gerontological election, that's for sure. Doug Schoen, thank you very much for coming on. We're, we stand- John, it's always a pleasure. Great group. 
Thank and you. I wish I was with you live. Well, so whenever, whenever you me. feel like coming live, you're always welcome to the studio. Our home is your home. Well, Thank I, you. You couldn't be nicer. Thank Great so job, Doug. Thank Thanks. you. And uh, we have another guest now? Yeah, we do. Um, we have now Leora Levy. She is a Senate candidate, Republican, running against a very liberal Senator Richard Blumenthal in Connecticut. Uh, Leora, great to have you here on Cats at Night. This is Rita Cosby with John Katsimatidis and the gang. Hi, Rita. Hi, John. Thank you so much for inviting me on today. Tell us why you're running for the U.S. Senate of Connecticut. Uh, Tell us uh, what progress are you making? I'm making great progress. Excuse me. Uh, Every day, my the support for my candidacy is growing the voters of connecticut are as upset with the policies from the white house and from the democrat party rubber stamped by dick blumenthal as the rest of the country is the issues that are driving this election are the same issues that are driving it nationally um inflation um the invasion at our border the uh, lack of parental control over their own children and, and over the curriculum in the schools and other woke policies. All of those things are driving this election here in Connecticut. And uh, Leora, you have a really interesting background. I want to have you share it with all the great Cats at Night listeners. Um, you were born in Cuba. And yes, I was. Tell us about that and, and that how that shaped you to get into politics and why you care about this country so much. Well, every day I wake up grateful to be an American woman, an American citizen in the United States of America. Um, My life has been an American dream. My mother and her parents escaped Lithuania and the Nazis in 1940, were not able to get into the United States, but did get into Cuba. And 20 years later, we escaped Castro and his communist revolution. My family lost everything. We, we came here with nothing, and I watched my father work very hard to make a good life for us here. I'm very concerned that the policies of the Biden administration, the policies of the Democrat Party, are destroying that opportunity and the opportunity for, to have an American dream for my children and, and for their children to come. And unlike the man you're running against, you did not serve in Vietnam, correct? No, I did not serve <laughs> okay, in Vietnam. Just, <laughs> I've been waiting for that question to just, come. Just, just and, checking. And I have not attended any Communist Party event. Thank goodness. Two good reasons to vote for. There you go. Two good reasons. She's not lying about a military record, and she doesn't go to communist events. How much is that coming up? Because to Tony's point, so many, you know, when you think of Blumenthal, you think of so many of those things. It made so many headlines. How much is that coming up in the race, and how much are you going after him? And that is a campaign ad just waiting to happen over and over again. He said it many times. Yes, and recently he is now under ethics investigation for stock trade that he failed to report in the required amount of time. His response to that is, well, I don't own any individual stocks. To me, that is the 2022 version of, well, it depends on what the definition of is is. Wow. When did we hear that before? Yeah, really. That that uh, that sounds awfully familiar. Now, talk yeah. about also, do you feel we were just talking with uh, the great pollster Doug Schoen here about the sort of red wave. Do you feel like you might be a part of it? Obviously, Absolutely. you know, Connecticut Absolutely. often a blue state, but we've seen big changes in the last few elections. We have. And uh, 2022 is very reminiscent of 2010. In January of 2010, Obama's uh, popularity was at 45 percent. By Election Day in November, it was 44 percent. Well, Joe Biden's popularity in January was in the low 40s. It is now around 33 percent, and it's 26 percent among Hispanics. Um, Those same numbers are reflected here in Connecticut, and it's dragging uh, Dick Blumenthal down with, with him. And it's very important. This is Richard Weinberg, Nora. I, I want to Hi, tell Richard. you, and I'm, I'm the House Democrat, but I want to tell you, this is an election where it's very important that the Republicans win the Senate. Because the, yes, it is. Because the Senate under Democratic control has brought this country far left on energy, on the border, and supporting our allies on inflation, on crime. It, 
for every reason in the world. And I tell my Democratic friends, you have to vote for the Republican Congress people and Republican senators. Essential this year. Well, thank you for that. And you are correct, because this cuts across all party lines. Nobody wants their children indoctrinated in the schools. They want them educated. Nobody agrees with with the defunding of the police to the extent that to this extent so that the crime rates have risen and life is just more dangerous for all of us. Everybody feels inflation when they go to the gas station, when they go to the supermarket. And milk here in Connecticut is between four and five dollars a gallon, depending on where you shop. I understand that in Manhattan, it's $11 a gallon for a, just for milk. Leora, do you have a primary? Families. I do have a primary. But I expect to, to emerge as the, as the winner. I expect to be the one who the Republican voters of Connecticut elect. When is um, the primary? Elect. It's in August, August 9th. That's late. Yeah, that's oh. a late primary because yeah. a lot of the ones are in June here. It is. In New York. It is. Well, Le- Leora, we, we, we know you well, so we wish you good Thank luck, you. and uh, we'll have you on again real soon. Thank you. Well, I'm the, the Republican who is pro-life. What is your website? Tell the people your website. Oh, sure. Leora4CT.com. And the word is F-O-R, not the number. So, Leora4CT.com. Thank you so much, Leora. Thank you, John. And we'll catch really up soon. It. Yeah, wish you so much we'll luck. To it. Let's take a break, and then we got uh, Bert Flickinger that's going to tell us how high Oreo cookies are going. And also CVS closing lots of stores, big stories, more, and a lot more. More stores. More stores, 900. Wow. A Where am I going to go shoplifting? I, <laughs> <laughs> we have you on tape. <laughs> Seriously. I, there's more There's a Mercedes <laughs> a lot more head on Cats at Night, everybody. John Cats and Martinis. 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats at Night. Rita Cosby here with the great John Cats and Matitis. And also, we still have Judge Richard Weinberg, also Tony Carbonetti, and also former Congressman Peter King. I'm with a great group of guys. And we have joining us now Bert Flickinger who is, of course, a great consultant in retail. And, John, boys, there are a lot and to talk gonna about. And going to tell us the real price of Oreo cookies. Oh, yeah, I need to know that because I like Oreos. So we need to know they that, They should Bert. list that with oil, by the way. <laughs> Bert, what's, what's the deal on oil and Oreos, two key items? We, we're going to include natural gas, too, Rita and John. Uh, one, uh, I got my hair cut, St. Barber's uh, great police commissioner, Ray Kelly, and doing store checks. Uh, after getting a haircut Saturday, Oreo cookies for the family pack, the uh, 20, the twenty ounce double stuff, have gone from five twenty nine to seven seventy nine. It's more than what uh, John charges in his Gristides and D'Agostino stores for steaks. And looping <laughs> back to what your great interview with Doug Schoen about Governor Hochul in her home district. Uh, we lost uh, our late great Hall of Fame friend Richie Moran yesterday. He said it's great to be the underdog and it's great to stay hungry. But what Governor Hochul's missing in Buffalo is the greatest uh, neuro and vascular and engineering center, the Jacobs Medical Institute for Innovation and Invention, is getting almost no funding. And it's the greatest engine for job creation. Instead of giving the Pagulas uh, God bless, God bless them, because because they're in my uh, grandfather's great grandfather's old office. The Pagulas have have made twelve billion dollars in the last twenty two months on natural gas, which has gone up four hundred and thirty percent. So they don't need a government giveaway. Great medical wow. corridor institutions like the Jacobs Institute need an investment. Well, they, they made twelve billion dollars plus a billion that the state is going to give them. Exactly, John. And in inflation, if you look at grain, if you, if you look at uh, all the commodities, soybean oil and everything, you and, Re- and Rita know well 
that uh, commodity prices are up 50 to 100 percent just from last crop year to this crop year. So in terms of the government saying it's transitory, they were just the USDA just put out today. Egg prices are up 70 percent crop year to crop year. So inflation isn't going to be 8.5 percent. It's going to be 18 percent going on 28 percent. And and if you're you're going to be investing, invest in job growth, invest in science, invest in biotech, neuro and vascular like uh, great co-captains, Adnan, Dr. Adnan Siddiqui, Dr. Nip, Nick Hopkins, the greatest uh, team in Buffalo since late great uh, Daryl LaMonica and Jack Kemp, quarterback of the Bills. Uh, great names, great names. But this is former Congressman Pete King. Isn't it also true the owners of the Bills, besides all the profits they made, moved out of New York to avoid the uh, state income tax? Yes, yes, sir, Congressman King. <laughs> so so, so um, they, they've 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 made uh, untold amounts of money. If to John's point, they gave one percent of the amount of money, that'd be about ten billion to the Jacobs Medical Institute for Neuro and Vascular and Innovation and Invention. Uh, that'd be ten million dollars, uh, which would pay a return of a thousand percent versus uh, having the taxpayers pay for the Buffalo Bills. Full disclosure, our family's been a season ticket holder since 1959, the year before the Bills uh, first officially played. And my father, uh, Burt Jr., was a big sponsor in the beginning to help the, help the team stave off uh, f- financial disaster in the early days. But to your point, Congressman King, they moved to Florida, and God bless Terry and Kim Pagula, but they don't need government giveaways, and the Jacobs Medical Institute does, oh, as does oh, the whole medical quarter and government. Also, home also Burton, full disclosure, I was a great friend of Jack Kemp. He's a great guy, and I was a fanatical mm-hmm. fan of Daryl uh, LaMonica. So you've put me in another universe for the rest of the show. The Mad Bomber. With LaMonica and Kemp and great, late, great Cookie Gilchrist. Bert, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. What troubles me about the story that you just uh, expounded on is the fact the priorities that came out of this state budget for the Democratic Party. Right. We're out, almost out of time. We only got two minutes left before we hit the break. And we're going to have, Bert, tell us the numbers of what you think inflation is going to be in the next 60 days on food. Food inflation, John, in the, in the next 60 days is going to go up 5 to 6%. And by year end, it's going to go up 15 to 20%. Wow. Wow. You bet. I'm telling all our people out there, stock up on your Oreo cookies and on your Chips Ahoy. <laughs> is Nabisco part of that? Yeah, the, the, the Bisco is part of, part of it, part, part of Mondelez and uh, 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 split off from the Kraft Heinz empire. But you're you're right, John. The best investment you can make is going going to your stores or or going going to BJ's or any place, and uh, stocking stocking up on refrigerated and frozen and shelf stable food and food and beverages. Because that's going to provide the highest level of savings of anything. Because now we've got the stock market crashing, with inflation skyrocketing, which is going to catalyze the worst recession we've we've had in nearly seventy years. And with high, well, it looks like Biden is refusing to open up the oil markets in North America, which would bring the price of oil down and, and reduce inflation. The alternative is raising interest rates and the long bond, the bond for the. Uh, mortgages of 30 years is over 5%. They're going to trash the real estate market. What what happens then? And and with the real estate market roll, rolling over, evictions and foreclosures roll over, and to Congressman King's present point, the Pagoulas in natural gas have seen natural gas go up from $1.62 a unit 22 months ago to seven oh one a unit at the closing Bert, price on Bert, the Chicago Futures Exchange me, yesterday on the July news. contract. We got breaking news. Hold on. Breaking news. WABC. Yep. And, John, this is just coming in that a federal judge has temporarily blocked the Biden administration from ending Title 42 at the border. That is really interesting. It was set to lift on May 23rd. That, of course, would have opened the floodgates at the border even more than it already is. And now a federal judge has intervened to temporarily block the Biden administration from ending this very controversial policy. You can bet that they're going to be fighting this as they have been with the mask mandate. But some big news that for now, a federal judge in Louisiana has officially blocked it, saying that it should stay in place. 
which is really interesting news, you guys, because you could think about the contrast of saying we're going to fight for a mask mandate, but lift the border. We're going to have to go to a quick break, guys. We'll get comments after the break. Thank you, Bert. Thank you, team. Great team. Uh, great discussion. And thank especially you. Doug Schoen, too. Yeah, thank fantastic. You. Bert, thank God you bless. very much. We're going to have more on Cats at Night after the break and also talk to Congressman Ron Estes. You're commuting home with Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. With us today is Ronald Estes, a congressman from Middle America, from Kansas. And uh, he was an engineer, a farmer. He decided to go to Congress to help America. And uh, how are you, Congressman? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on air. Uh, Tell us, what committees are you? You grew up in Kansas, and and you felt that Washington needed help, and uh, you decided to go to Washington. Tell us about your experiences. Tell us uh, uh, the committees you're on over there, and what do you you think we should do next, because... America is under attack. America is under attack. And really, that's, that was my motivation for running for Congress five years ago, was to how, do we, how do we, from the heartland, focus on bringing some Kansas common sense to Washington, D.C.? You know, we've seen this year, particularly in, in the last year with the Biden administration, so many things that are being just destroyed and broken uh, through, through the American process and the policies that, that the Biden administration put in place. I mean, you look at things ranging from inflation, rising prices that everybody's having to deal with on groceries, uh, rising prices on gasoline, the, the government spending and the impact on the debt. Uh, it's it's just a, a a series of one problem after another, and it's building up month after month. So we've, we've got to get together. We've got to focus on that. Uh, I'm really optimistic about this fall election with the, the Republicans coming in as a majority in the House of Representatives and, and a good chance in the Senate as well, and that we can actually push some policies through that, that, that will focus on how do we get the country moving forward again instead of moving backwards. Well, America is under attack, and Kansas is not so far away from from Texas, where the, the borders are being invaded. And, and have you found people streaming all the way up to Kansas from the, from the Mexican border? Yeah, we, we have as well. I mean, there are people in Kansas that have been located uh, and relocated from the border. But, but you're right. Invasion is probably the best word we can use for the massive number of people that are coming across the border. And, and the, the Biden administration and Secretary Mayorkas from Homeland Security, they're not protecting the country. And that's one of the core responsibilities of the federal government is to protect our country. And and when you have hundreds of thousands of people coming across every month and, and, you know, when when President Obama was in office, his Homeland Security folks said that if a thousand people a day came across, that was that was a catastrophe. And now we're at seven thousand a day. And if the Biden administration gets rid of Title 42, it'll be 18,000 a day is what they're estimating. I'm an immigrant. My family was an immigrant. I'm sure yours was at one time, too. I believe in immigration, but we need checks and balances. We need to know who's coming through the borders. That's right. I mean, we're we're a country of immigrants. I mean, we we actually have more immigrants than any other country in the world every year. And they come through a process. And every country should have the right to determine what the rules are that somebody comes in to immigrate, what the process is, and to know who's inside their borders. Uh, Just from a standpoint of whether it's criminal activity, whether it's potential terrorist activity that comes in, whether people are being human trafficked in here, because that's that's a risk that we're seeing now. The cartels in Mexico are sending over people, not just to smuggle drugs in but to smuggle people and they're smuggling in drugs with fentanyl on it that comes from china it really are and and, and we're, we're seeing now the the major cause of death of 18 to 45 year olds is drug overdoses and we see the massive amount of fentanyl we're seizing a lot but there's so much more that's coming in and you know that's when i talk to our law enforcement folks in kansas that's one of their main concerns is the amount of drugs that's coming through the border do you have a uh, a question from the congressman if uh republicans win the uh, the house and or the senate what can be done to protect the, the people of the united states 
from the overreaching policies of uh, the Biden administration? Oh, we, we really have a, a lot of work to do. I mean, right now, there hasn't been much done at all by the the current Democrat majorities in the House and the Senate of looking at what the administration is doing and, and being critical or being analytical of what the problems are causing. So we need to, uh, to get our oversight committees, which is a responsible part of what the legislative branch is, is responsible to do, to look at what's going in and being done on the executive branch side. And that doesn't just entail the oversight committee in the House and the oversight committee in the Senate, but involves all of our respective committees. I'm on the Ways and Means Committee. We are responsible for all the issues dealing with trade, dealing with taxes. Uh, We need to have our oversight subcommittee focus on what are the things that are being done. Why were all these tax records leaked to the press in terms of talking about uh, what what uh, people's what, what's the IRS doing? Why are there millions of tax returns that haven't been processed now that people are, are struggling through that? You know, those are types of things that we as a legislative branch should provide oversight over over the executive branch. Well, there's so many people, so many Americans are worried about things that the White House is decisions they'll be making. Almost every White House decision that's been made, almost every one, hurts the United States of America, hurts the American taxpayer, and helps a foreign government. Now, if, if the American people voted for a majority uh, in the Congress for Republicans to have checks and balances, and Senate, too, checks and balances, uh, how can they prevent or... or, or from from the president doing stupid things like he's done for the last uh, 13, yeah. 14, 15 months. Yeah, it really it really is un- unfortunate about what uh, what all the the bad decisions and and almost in- appears intentional the 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 things that are being broken by the Biden administration. On on the legislative branch, we need to focus on uh, you know we're seeing it across America now the the concern that the the average American has about what's going on in the Biden administration and and that's why it looks like you know that there's going to be a strong majority in the House and and possible control of the Senate as well. We need to make sure that we push on what the right policies are going forward that we put forth. A good appropriations bills that have directions that specifically say this is what the administration can do, what they can't do. We need to provide oversight and and make sure that we address uh, the rules and regulations that come out. That's the piece that I'm fearful about a little bit over the next two years is because the executive branch over the years has been given so much authority to write rules and regulations, and we need to rein that in. Uh, Congressman Estes, I want to thank you for everything you've done for America so far and continue to speak out for America. You went to Washington, the home of, what was it? It was a Harry Truman at, uh, you know, Harry <laughs> Truman was a common sense Democrat. Yep. Uh, and he was an honest Democrat. Uh, and uh, what we need is honesty and integrity in Washington. And there seems to be a lot less of it. And uh, continue to work hard. And we're, we're, every American is behind you to, to make sure that America, I want to be around to... to to do the 250th year of our uh, revolution. That was 2026. And I hope we could get longevity and be here for the 300th year, but we want our kids and grandkids to survive. That's right. We, we want a strong America. We want to make sure that we leave the country better off for our kids and grandkids. And, and, and we should do the things to make sure that we do have a strong America going forward. Well, thank you, Congressman. Thank you for uh, being here today, and have a great evening. Great. Thank you.